So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a, a passage actually out of Matthew. Um, Matthew 7, you can read with me. It'll just be a couple of verses here. Um, but then probably what we should be doing is we should be praying. We should be praying for each other, praying for our state, praying for our governor, right? And because, because at the end, one thing that I've seen is I've seen when we engage and we actually pray, God really does answer prayers. And, and if this, uh, as, as earlier um, Bobby was pointing out, you're saying that you felt like there was a spirit of confusion. And, and I hear from Arlene, you're saying there's a lot of mixed messages. And there are, because it, like, it feels like the target's moving. Um, and we can ask God to, to reveal what's true. We can ask God to establish peace in us and guide where we need conviction and what that conviction is. Right? And, then, and then I'm going to read this passage out of Matthew 7 um, because it helps. For me, it's been a little bit of a guideline about how to engage with other people a little bit. And it says, um, I'm going to read about five verses, and this will be super familiar. This is one that uh, a, a lot of people quote, especially non-Christians quote to Christians, actually. Uh, Do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the way that you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. But then here's the part. It says, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye and not notice the log that's in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye and behold, there's a log in your own eye. You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Now, there's a, a quick and easy interpretation of this, right? Sometimes we've got some big issue in our own life and we really shouldn't be nitpicking somebody if we've got this thing in our own life, right? And um, that's, the, that's the first level basic thing. There's another level. There's actually two more levels I'd like to point at. Um, the, the next level is that we will only discover the log in our own eye if we're looking for it. I don't know about you, but it's a lot easier to find a speck in somebody else's eye than a speck or a log or a chunk or a tree in my own eye. And I won't be able to find what's in my eye unless I'm looking for it. And I won't be looking for this if I'm so distracted trying to figure out what's wrong with you. And so if I can just give somebody the freedom, including the freedom to be wrong, and then I can begin to check myself and check my heart so I can walk in peace, right? Because, because for example, in all of this, as much as I, I do have opinions, one of the things that's important in my heart is I don't want somebody else to rise up. Like, for example, I think about some of the folks that have been rising up and having riots, and some of the things that they represent are things that I don't believe are right or true. My temptation would be to rise up in a fence and to push back. But if the purpose is conflict... And they establish a wall, and I go, well, I just granted the request that's been informally made for a war, metaphorically, hopefully. And so instead, I say, there's a point, right? Because there's everywhere in here, I feel like I'm looking at you, I'm looking at you, because there's a point where you have to represent truth and push back, right? Everybody agrees with this? There's a point when you have to speak truth, and I'm not saying don't speak truth, but there's a heart condition of being able to stand for truth without orienting myself around them. I can orient myself towards Jesus instead of orient myself against this organization or this movement. 
Can you hear the difference? And so, and that's, and that's a heart thing. Here's, uh, so the, the second, so the first one was, let's not be hypocrites. The second one, we're only going to find the log in our own eye if we're actually looking for it, which requires us to maybe be less distracted with the speck in somebody else's eye. And here's the third one. And this is one that hit me hard about a year or even two years ago. I was looking at this, and then I suddenly realized that there's a lot of times, I'm going to pick on you, Andrew, when the log in my eye is the speck in Andrew's eye. Because if I'm looking at Andrew, I'm looking at your left eye, and there's a speck I'm imagining right there. If all I can see in this whole room is that Andrew's got a speck in his eye right there. And Andrew's just going along life, dum da dum da dum da dum and his eye bothers him a little bit, and sometimes he, things are a little bit blurry, but oh well, I'm making, he's fed, he's doing his thing, right? He's getting along with life. But Daniel over here, all I can see is the speck right there. And I'm like, how in the world can you eat breakfast? You can't drive safe. What's going on? Doesn't that bother you? Come on, man. You've got a speck in your eye. The only thing that's happening is I've got the speck in his eye is so huge that his speck has become a log in my eye. He can see every other thing because it's just a speck. He can still eat his Wheaties. He can still go through life. He's got this little thing that's bothering him a little bit. He'll figure it out. But my world has been completely shut down because all I can see is the speck in his eye. And I find that there's times when um, the application of this passage is that sometimes the speck is the log. It's the same thing. And I have to learn just to let it go. And I just have to say, okay, Jesus, please help Andrew with the speck in his eye. And sometimes that's all it takes to get the log out of my eye. I get to turn around and I need to look at my Wheaties. Does that work? And so, uh, but the biggest thing is my heart shift, right? My heart shift and, and I get to turn around. And if I'm gazing at Jesus, Jesus is the biggest thing. And I'm continuing pouring back and looking at life and looking at truth and looking at grace and starting to orient and orient and orient and get right. Right. And so it doesn't mean that he doesn't have a speck. It doesn't mean that the speck doesn't matter, but it does mean that speck is no longer shutting me down and wrecking my world. And then the other level is, is even though he's got a speck, he's surviving. But what if his speck becomes my log and now he's got me jumping around in his face the whole time? Look, 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 look. I'm, I'm not blessing him. And now he's going to, he might crash because I'm jumping in front of him. Don't drive, don't drive. You'll kill somebody. He might kill me, right? But he might get distracted and have major problems because I became the problem. So, and hopefully we can see like stuff like that. That's a heart orientation thing. That's completely sidestep from what's true and what's not true. We start with our heart and orient towards Jesus and get grounded and walk in peace. And we can honor each other and recognize that we got specs, right? Is there anybody here not have a speck in your eye? Okay. I know I do. I know for a fact. There's uh, an illustration. I'll, I'll share it because it, it's also helpful. It ties with this. Um, originally, I shared it on a whiteboard over here years ago, and I put it up, just a whiteboard, and I talked about 
um, centered set versus bounded set. But now there's a, a faster, more efficient way to convey this idea, and it overlaps a lot with this. And that is the idea that if you're out in the desert and, you can, um, and you've got a huge herd of, of cattle and you want to control them, you want to keep them home, you don't want to give them to your neighbor, right? You don't want them wandering off. And there's two ways that you can manage them. The first way and the traditional way is to go up and put up miles and miles and miles of fences. You set up a boundary, the cattle can't get across and as soon as you establish boundary, you spend the rest of your life riding the fences, fixing fences, checking fences, living for fences, checking boundaries over and over and over again, and being really mad when something crosses the boundary in any direction that it's not supposed to go. And then it becomes all about the boundary. But the gospel is about Jesus. And putting up fences is like having the laws and the legalism, including religious legalism, when Jesus invites us, he says, come to the living waters. You dig a well in the middle of the desert. You put a big tank. The animals aren't going to leave. Because if they leave, they're going to get parched. If they stay, they've got something to eat and they've got fresh, clean water. Done. Done. Problem solved. Happy cows or happy whatever your animals are. I have to walk carefully because we have a dairyman here who's evaluating the truth of what I'm saying. This, this, this came from somebody in Australia where they have lots of desert, so I'm, I'm trusting that there's some reality here. And then, right, we, we create a happy, safe, beautiful, life-giving spot. And the cows that want to stay alive will stay there. Instead of trying to keep them in, Right? And so if we orient our, our life and our heart towards Jesus Christ, we're going to be pointing in the direction of life. And, uh, and that also means that if I'm pointing, if the well's here and I'm over here and I'm oriented towards Jesus, the well, and somebody else is over here and they're oriented towards Jesus, towards the well, they might look like they're outside the fence or certainly outside where I think they should be because I think they should be here and that's why I'm here. This is the right place to be. Right? But they think they're there and they, that's why they think they should be there. And the thing is, is, as long as I'm oriented towards Jesus and they're oriented towards Jesus, there's grace. Because I'm, probably, I'm, because I'm not Jesus, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the one, by his very character, defines what is true and what is not. I'll be completely frank with you. I'm not him. And by definition, because I'm not Jesus, that means I am wrong somewhere. I know it. And if that means I have a responsibility to keep pursuing him and growing and allow him to correct me because someplace I am wrong. Right? But because none of you are Jesus, hear this with all grace and love, you're wrong too. But because of Jesus, we can walk in this and we can have a little bit of grace for each other, including some people who are out there, because we're all, there's something that's off kilter in all of us. And so the best we can do is turn our hearts towards Christ and continue to move in that direction. Right? And so uh, another thing this along that line, since uh, uh, thinking about, I'm going to go back again to Bobby talking about a spirit of confusion. There's a lot of different voices and we struggle to know who to listen to, right? And if someone is listening to a voice 
And wherever the source of voice, right now I'm making no comment about which voices are which, but if there's a voice that's speaking to someone's life and it's not speaking truth, the end result in their life, if they're putting their trust in something that's not true, is going to be something that's going to be off kilter, right? It's just the nature. And so that's one of those things. It's like we've got to continue to go back to pursue the Lord and pursue, orient ourselves continuously because, because we know that we're going to be off kilter. But the other person, and sometimes especially people who don't even have Jesus, Jesus isn't even on their radar. Jesus has been erased as much as possible from the history He's like gone. They don't, they don't even know what a Bible is except for it might, make, it might burn really good on the day you need to start a fire. Like, that's it. So if someone's got that sort of a relationship with Jesus, of course they're going to be off kilter. But one of the reasons why they're off kilter is because there's voices who are speaking lies to them. And so in Ephesians chapter 6, we're told their battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against like the powers and the spirits. And I don't have all, all directly memorized, right? But it's, it's very specifically not the people themselves, right? We can, people can be evil, right? There's, that's all the way through. We all know this. We've been evil. It's not a mystery. And yet, what I found as I walk through is I recognize there's demonic influences and there's lies that are sources. There's a lot more grace for people when I recognize that the person I'm talking to is listening to a demon or they're listening to a lie or they're being deceived and they're walking out something where someone, someone was trying to hurt them and they believed it is true. And because they believed it is true, they're walking something that is just not true, right? But that allows me to offer them grace. And it gives you an opportunity to offer someone grace too. If, if you were in their shoes and you were believing the same voices, whatever they are, you would probably be walking the same path that they are. And so then it takes us all the way back to our spec and our, all of this stuff. We have to be oriented towards Jesus and we have to recognize somewhere I might be doing that too. Somewhere I'm probably trusting a voice that might not be the right voice to trust. And so we need to continually discern. So um, uh, let's, uh, you guys are so patient. Look at you. This is, this is uh, you're, I think you're doing your job. You're just standing there looking gorgeous. That's, that's, that's what your job you don't look gorgeous, Alex. You just look smiley and tough. That's good. So um, let's, let's take a couple of minutes and let's pray. I think that's clearly our assignment. And, and we can, because we trust each other, we love each other, let's just, um, uh, I'm just going to pray just a couple of sentences. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to direct how we pray for each other, for our community, for our governor, and for our government and ourselves. And then, and then just invite you to pray out. Will you agree with me just to, just to take a moment? Just pray out. So, um, Lord Jesus, you are the author and the finisher of our faith. You're the one that defines what is true and what is not. God, every single one of us, because we are not Jesus, there's a, there's a break within us about truth somewhere. And so we give you permission, Jesus, to remove the speck from our eyes. God, we also give permission for you to be the one that guides the people around us into truth. And Lord, as we come before you as, as your people, as your bride, I ask that you would guide our heart, 